Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions, an opportunity for you to get a seat at the table. We have Tim Story today, who's an author, speaker, and entrepreneur. He's speaking about the meaning of abundance and how it can be applied in your everyday life. So let's pull up a seat and let's join in on Breakfast with Champions. So even Jay-Z talks about you got to tap into it, but then you got to work it. P. Diddy, who is my friend, if you want to fly high, you have to give up the things that weigh you down and then go to work. So when you get around these people uh, like Molly, like Nas, like Jay-Z, like Diddy, like Glenn Lundy, like Alpha, like David Spisick, like Zane, they're working. They're working their land. The Bible says, he who works his land shall have abundance. The word abundance is an amazing word. The abundance means this, extremely plentiful, oversufficient, overflowing, more than enough. Whoa. He who works his land shall have abundance, extremely plentiful, Oversufficient, overflowing more than enough. So I have in my notes that today I want to help you have abundance today, tomorrow, and after you leave this earth. I think it's a good subject. Alpha, what do you think about that intro? Man, you're killing it already. I'm ready to hear the rest of it. No, no, but really think about this. Abundance today, tomorrow, and after you leave. So Nas Baruti wrote this amazing book, Love, Death, and Money. Nas, good morning to you. Oh, good morning, Tim. Good morning, everybody. What an honor and privilege to be on this morning with all of you. Entrepreneur, lawyer, lawyer, <laughs> lawyer. The lawyer part of you is scary. <laughs> Don't scare everyone out of this room, Because, listen, Nas and I, we have our little lunches at the Beverly Hills Hotel at the Polo Lounge. We talk about <laughs> life, right, Nas? Right. And then right when I think I'm going to get one o- on one over on her, man, <laughs> I start thinking, Tim, don't even try. She's a lawyer. <laughs> I'm watching everything, Tim. I'm watching everything. She is smart. She's beautiful. When I say radio host, tell them uh, what uh, network you're on. Yes, I'm on Talk Radio KBC 790 AM every Saturday um, at 5 o'clock. And the show is called Love, Death, and Money. Which is a big deal to be on that network. That's a big deal because that's been on forever, right? Right, right. I've been doing radio for about 10 years now. Okay. Now stay on. So Molly Trotter. Hi, Molly. Hey, Tim. Good morning. Did you hear my intro of you? I did. Thank you so much. You touched on all the things. I'm (laughs) super grateful for that. So the former news anchor, explain that part to us. Yeah, so I always like to tell people, long story short, I I got into the news to really be able to give the underdog a voice. I am such a firm believer we all have a voice, but some just don't really know how to utilize it. So I said, why not get on television? So clawed my way into that industry, but behind the scenes, it was so toxic. The the topics we cover, I mean, when I ask people, do you watch the news anymore? Most of the time they're like, no, not really. And I'm like, I totally get it. I don't either. And I was on it for five years. 
But uh, I just, I knew that God was giving me the preparation and the giftings and the talents to be able to do what I do now. So I'm grateful for my time in television, but it was just too toxic and their agenda was just something I didn't align with. So I was in it for five years and happily made an exit five years ago. And now I get to do what I do and just meet amazing people like yourself and just connect them where they need to go in the world. So news got like gave me a lot, but I'm so happy to be out of it, especially with what we see today. I'm so glad I'm not in it anymore. Okay, so I love this, what we're gonna do today. So if, if you guys know my style, is that um, I like to really just be down to earth and just dialogue. Um, we're not selling anything. Uh, we're not pushing anything. We're just trying to get each other better. I think we learn through education conversation and observation and a lot of people say like tim like how did you get to do all these things uh trust me it was just working my land uh being good to people and it was god's plan for my life so i don't believe in chasing dreams i believe in cooperating with what heaven said so uh if you feel my laid-back tone nas am i like this most of the time uh, most of the time, I think 99.9% .9 of the time. Yes. In your natural nature. Yeah. Yeah. And so on stage, I think I kind of, you know, get a little more enthusiastic, but I think that so many people know the reason I say that I, I think they think there's always has to be a push or an agenda. Right. Right. And I feel like so many of the huge doors that have happened in your life even have been by you just being good at what you do. So. I mentioned the scripture, he who works his land shall have abundance, okay? And your land is what's in front of you. So talk to me about hard work in your life, why hard work has played such an important role, let's say even in education. I mean, I, I, I absolutely agree with you that it's, it's the hard work, but I also think that I have been able to get to the level of success that I have reached because of the way I have treated people, um, especially within my industry. <laughs> As you said in the beginning, when you introduced me, you said lawyer. There's always a fear when it comes to meeting a lawyer, talking to a lawyer, having to deal with a lawyer. And I never created that experience for my clients. I treated everybody that I came across as someone that I potentially could save from complete destruction. Um, and I talk about this, and, and you've heard me say this before. Ed Milet says, when you come across someone, remember that they are precious to somebody else on this earth. And once you have that mentality, you treat everyone as if, if they're related to you. They're an extension of you. So as much as I have put a lot of years behind studying and educating myself on what I do, I think that instead of getting caught up in that, we need to take a step back and evaluate how we are treating the people that we come across. And it, it comes back tenfold, and you know this, of treating people with respect and kindness and really wanting to help them and understanding that your love for humanity has to outweigh a paycheck. And once you have that mentality in anything you do, that's when you really, really become successful, in my opinion. I, I, lo I love that. So, Molly, let's flow with this for a second because, you know, your whole persona, just who you are, you have a lot of joy in your, your spirit, the way you live. Um, I think you've been married for less than two years. How long has it been? 
Uh, my husband and I actually got married last year during the pandemic. We had a little beach wedding because we didn't want to wait. <laughs> yes, but I, I had, I've seen those pictures and you're happy. He's happy. You guys dance on your Instagram. You have a lot of joy. You know, Nas is talking about being good to people and uh, this whole idea that Ed Milet is talking about, about kindness. Um, how, how important is that in, in your journey? Oh, absolutely important. I always look at any connection I make, relationship, everything as how can I give back? How can I serve somebody else? And at a young age, I know God instilled that in me. It's just you're going to be, you know, somebody of service all around. So being able to to give back, really see people, hear people, and, and support them in their journey is absolutely everything. Yes. Okay, so Nas, when I talk about this idea of you have a dream, but you have to work the dream. So the, the dream is there, but you got to work the dream. So there's another proverb, Proverb 10.4, that says, lazy hands make a man poor but diligent hands bring wealth, okay? Diligent hands bring wealth. But you know for a fact, because this is part of your job, that most people do not die wealthy. Can you talk to us about that? That most people do not die wealthy, financially. I have, yeah, I have to tell you, Tim, uh, being very um, uh, transparent, I think many of us in this room um, found ourselves at a very unique place during the pandemic. Just for me, it, it, it wasn't necessarily financially, but this theme of wanting to feel safe and not just safe from um, the pandemic and the virus, but feeling safe mentally, feeling safe financially and, and feeling safe legally. And as far as finances go, um, you know, Warren Buffett says, only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. And wow. that's, what ha that's what happened during the pandemic. I think many people that I thought were financially safe um, weren't. And they came to me for help. And just seeing how Americans were living and we realized that Americans were not prepared to live and they weren't prepared to die. They weren't prepared to live because they didn't have their finances in order and then they had to turn to the government for help. And they weren't prepared to die because they didn't have a proper estate plan and they got struck with the, with, the pan, with the COVID virus and then they were stuck in the hospital and then no one could get to them to bring them the proper legal forms to protect themselves and their family. So it, it's unfortunate that something like this has had to happen, but I think it's been eye-opening. And with everything that's going on now with the Delta variant, and I don't want to talk too much about the virus because I, I don't want to give it life, but at the same time, it, it unveils how unprepared most people are when it comes to a crisis. So day in and day out, this is what I'm doing. I'm helping clients understand, one, how money works, but two, how to protect yourself with the proper legal documents. Okay, that's Nas Baruti. If you're not following her, go ahead and just tap her amazing picture and follow her. So Molly, when, when Nas talks about not being prepared, what comes to your mind? I love that. No, that, was, that was so profound. I, I absolutely love that. Yeah, and then kind of along the same vein, I talk about this a lot. 
the pandemic, like she said, really like showed people, okay, what's important to you? What do you have in order? What do you not have in order? And when it comes to not being prepared, aside from finance, aside from everything, um, you know, being a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, it's like I, I sat down and I said, okay, how, how am I prepared for the kingdom? How can I serve more people so I can bring the kingdom to earth? And that to me is that above everything else. So aside from finances, even though that's important, aside from relationships, all of that, I want to bring kingdom to earth. How can I be a better vessel for God's message and what he wants to get to people? Because like Nas said, people are scared. They're worried. They're not really sure where to turn. They're looking for answers. And there is so much, you know, obviously inside of the, the kingdom principles inside of the Bible, when people just take the time to really develop and cultivate that relationship with, um, with God. So that to me is the first thing that came to mind. And the first thing I focused on as soon as the pandemic hit, and that has brought so much abundance in absolutely every area of my life. I love it. So, so Nas, in your book, Love, Death, and Money, uh, how'd you come up with that title, and what's the title all about? Well, you know me very well, Tim. Um, I'm very to the point. I don't sugarcoat things, and when I was trying to come up with the title, I'm like, what are three main areas in life that everyone goes through we all go through experiencing love and, and most of the time heartache um death we all experience that we that's an inevitable in life and money and one of my best friends asked me why did you put it in that order shouldn't it shouldn't have been love money and death and i said no because even after death people are fighting over money or dealing with money or having to figure out how to pay for funeral costs so I wanted it to be to the point, and there's a second part of that title of the book. Um, it's Love, Death, and Money, A Woman's Guide to Legally Protecting Yourself. And based on my experience of having my own practice and the last almost decade, I've, I've realized that most clients, when they sit in front of me, if they are a couple, they kind of shift the responsibility if they are a woman to their significant others and the men kind of lead the conversation. And that worried me because women outlive men and we need to be very responsible when it comes to our finances because no one's going to come in and, and protect us. We have to protect ourselves. So I wanted to write an easy to understand guide for women and men on how you can protect yourself in different stages of life when it comes to love, death, and money. That is a very strong title. <laughs> Just like my personality. And people can buy that right now, right? On, on Amazon? Right, right, right. It's on amazon.com. Okay, so, so I love this. So I talked about earlier that a dream is something that you long for, hope for. The dreaming is easy, but working for it is another thing. Proverbs 12, 11, he who works his land should have abundance, which is overflowing. But whoever chases, chases fantasies lacks wisdom. So the word fantasies there means something that's unreal, something that is unrestrained, something that is conjured up, something with no solid foundation. So Molly, how did you know what was the right plan for your life that was not just a fantasy, but it was more a God idea rather than a good idea as far as your career is, is going? Mm, that is such a good question. I love that. Um, and then I also have to just uh, write over to Nas. Nas, I got to get that book. I just love everything that I'm hearing. I'm like, yes, yes, but yes. It, but so. Molly, it never stops. Nas and I talk several times a week. 
and anybody that's listening right now, there's my friend knows that I don't usually talk to people several times a week. That's how smart she is. So Molly, just mm. know it, just, it doesn't end. I and I love that. I mean, obviously, if you guys are talking several times a week, there's there's something there. You go you go deep. And that kind of to answer your question, Tim, is, you know, deep calls to deep. And that's something where when I got into the news, like I mentioned, I really wanted to tell stories, really wanted to be that voice for people because I am a super extrovert. I have no problem being like, here's Molly, take it or leave it. Like me, don't like me, doesn't really matter. But the calling that I knew I had in my life was to be able to serve and be able to, you know, make those connections and really be able to have people be heard. And I like to say this phrase, this is something that I really live by is I fight for people's possibilities while they'll fight for their limitations. I fight for people's possibilities while they fight for their limitations. So many people are fighting for, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that, and they're so stuck on the can't, and I'm just like, well, why? how can you? How can we think of something so much bigger? So going from the news, it was a great start to really be able to, there's so many people out there that have so many amazing stories that need to be heard, and now being able to transition to helping those people get those stories out there to be mentorship to somebody else, I just, I absolutely love it. So of course it doesn't feel like work. I think a lot of us on this stage here um, love what we do and sure we get paid for it, but it doesn't feel like work because we're so called to it. And God has really just called me to just sit with people, take the time, develop those relationships and just, you know, see where it goes and have that trust and faith that God's going to guide it in the direction, obviously, that he wants to and just let him have the reins. And it just is, is flowed so effortlessly. And so really being able to empower people, having that confidence of, look, what you have to say and what you went through matters. And that's going to help somebody if you choose to be courageous, if you choose to be able to be brave and share that with other people and taking something like social media where a lot of people are like, oh, it's negative, this and that. Well, it depends on who you're following. But who I choose to follow, people like Tim Story and other people on the stage and Nas, I'm definitely following you now, that's for sure. It's being able to have that positive influence, the high level thinking, the people that aren't afraid to go deep and having that nurture my life one, but then being able to have that spill into others that are looking for that something else and just being that that beacon of hope. So hopefully that answers your question, but I'm just, yeah, I, uh, yeah, hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> Molly, you almost sound like a newscaster. Almost, right? <laughs> Super close. So Molly's my friend. She has a Dream Factory ad agency. We'll talk about more about that later. Former news anchor. That's why I was teasing her. She's a speaker, life coach. She's really good at what she does. Zane, are you around? Zane is up on stage, but many times he's working at the no, same I'm, time. No, no, absolutely. Tim, I was just so, trying to unmute the mic as I was. Following Molly and Nat, I was on the other section. So Zane, you're, you're, so, you're so handsome, and I, I'm still thinking about how you were modeling in New York. It was amazing. <laughs> so so Nas Baruti has this book, Zane, called Love, Death, and Money, okay? And, and in this book, she talks about how many people, when they pass, that their families only have enough money to, to, to bury them, right? because so many people don't take care of, of what they have. And me and you talk a lot about this idea of abundance, of this overflowing life, overflowing in joy and love and compassion, but also we should do well financially and that we should, we should do well to the place where we wanna give it and help our children's children, which I know for a fact that your children work with you, you know? 
So, um, what 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 do you think about this conversation today, Zane? Amazing. First of all, Molly, I want to say something to you. You will not you will not buy Nas's book because what's going to happen is that I'm going to buy a couple of Nas's book and I'm going to gift it to you, Molly. So please do not buy that book. Oh my uh, what you Zane, what are you doing, oh, Zane? Stop, you. Zane. <laughs> Yes, yes, Tim. All right, so so tell me tell me a little bit about what you think about Nas's idea of 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 money and and wealth and uh, taking care of yourself and passing it on. What goes through your mind? Well, you know, um, I was listening to both of them, and and Nas is just brilliant, and I I followed it right away. I also wrote a DM on the back. I think people, um, you know, let's talk about the first thing you talked about is the effort she she said she puts in. It's it's not only the work, it's how you do it. It's people, you know, uh, how many hours. And I have a formula that I use. And I tell people um, that if you, a normal American works about 40 hours a week, in which you actually do about 30 hours a week productive, which becomes about 1,576 hours a year, 1,576 hours a year. I, like yourself, them get up early, right? I just came from New York last night. I landed in San Francisco at 10 o'clock in the night. 10 o'clock, no, 11 o'clock in the night. Yep. 1047, my blind lane. But it's 6 o'clock in the morning, and I was on this program. I get up at 4 o'clock every morning. So I put in four hours a day extra. I don't need to do it, remember. I've got enough to take care of my grandkids for the next generation and next generation. Yet I get up at four o'clock in the morning. Why? Because I put productive time into my life. That four hours, by the way, multiplied by seven days a week, multiplied by 52 weeks, comes to 14, 1500 hours. So I put in 3,000 uh, uh, hours a year versus 1,576 that average people do. Now, Tim, you're much smarter than me. We met many times personally. We spent days together. You're smarter than me. I'll, I'll take that. If I if you don't work as much as I do, so I've got to put in extra hours, and I'll give I think that's what Nas was saying, and maybe she can throw some light, light on that. Is that, Nas, that you not only got to be smart, you also got to put good effort and work into it. Is that what you're saying? But, Nas, did you hear what he said? He's got money for himself, his children, <laughs> and the next generation. But well, he's really not teasing, though, just so you know. No, no. I mean, I love that, Zane. And I think that what Zane is talking about is he has a plan for his life. And, and I always tell my clients or anyone that I come across, I probably say this line a thousand times a day, no joke. If you don't have a plan, the government has one for you. And you're not going to like that plan. Because okay, there take, are take your time things. with that, Deb. Take your time with that. Right. If, if, if you, yeah. Yeah, if you don't have a plan, the government has one for you. And we are so conditioned to depend on other people to guide us, to help us, to give us money when we don't have enough. And I don't like that conditioning. And I've, I, I haven't been raised like that. You know the story about me that I wasn't born in the United States. My, I was born in Iran. My family came to America during the Iran-Iraq war. So this mentality of 
letting the government help you, that that's never something that has been instilled in me. If anything, we have been paranoid about our government as Iranians. So we've had to always depend on ourselves and put a lot of hard work into creating a life that we, number one, feel comfortable in, but that we're going to pass on to generations like Zayn is and feel good about it and, and, and create a legacy. And I think there there's um there's a feeling that if you talk about money it's it's taboo and it's you shouldn't love money and you shouldn't chase money but why 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 do we feel like that there is so much positivity if you use money correctly and when i work really hard and i'm putting hours and hours into helping clients and building my practice it's not because i need the money like vain just said to buy more things for myself. It's because I want to create something so magical that I can help other people with that money. Just recently, I, I, I gave a whole bunch of money to um, these charities in Iran because there's not enough vaccines and there's not enough food. There's a food shortage now. And everything went full circle for me in that moment because here I am, someone that wasn't born here, but used all the opportunities available to me in this country, and I created an amazing life for myself, and now I can give back to my home country. And um, I, I, I love that Jane slept at 11 and woke up at 4 a.m. Wow. So yeah. I, I love people that have plans like that. No, I, 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 love, I love what you're saying, and that is you. You're always, you're always paying it forward. And, you know, sometimes, guys, we give out of our surplus but sometimes we give out of our sacrifice. And so I I was giving out of my sacrifice before I had a lot of surplus. And I think that's a really important mindset. So Molly, tell me about the importance of giving in the way you think and the way you do life. Yeah, I, I'm one of those where I have always been such a giver, giver of time, giver of just love, information, anything that I have, I'm always, how can I give this to somebody else? Quite literally, every time I sit down in the morning and I do my devotions or I'm reading a book or something, I have my phone on standby right there, my notes section open, writing things down because as they come to me, I'm like, oh, wait, I just got a revelation from this. How can I give this to somebody else? Because I know if I'm getting something here, somebody else can get that as well. And I'm always looking to how can I give, how can I serve? And I know it's kind of like the thread of what I've been talking about today. And that just comes from an abundance mindset of, you know, when you go back to, to scripture, like, I mean, obviously Jesus gave absolutely everything. I mean, the one thing that I'm always looking to grow in, to be honest with you, because, you know, I'm not perfect, newsflash, you know, breaking news there, but more grace, more love, you know, with, with all the things going on in the world right now, there are so many people that are, you know, are you for, you know, the, the government or the vax? Are you not this and that? And so many people are angry, they're hurting, they're scared, and they're lashing out. And I look at that because I've gotten a lot of hurtful and hateful messages. I'm not going to lie of me being bold and taking a stand. But instead of lashing back, because that's what my flesh wants to do, I want to and I love on this person and show them that I see them, I hear them, I appreciate them. And how can I, you know, just help them have a better day? So when they leave me, they're they're in a better place than when they found me or they initially, you know, came to me. So that all comes back to that abundance mindset of every morning 
I wake up at 4 a.m. I do my devotions in my car. Then I go into the gym, come back, do a little bit more. And I'm always like, how can I grow and just pour into me first? And I kind of put that on my Instagram story this morning. It's like, you got to pour into you first before you can pour into anybody else. And that's going to, it's always had an amazing ripple effect in my life uh, because in every, anything that I do, whether it's a conversation, whether it's business, whether it's a client, my husband, a family member, I'm always looking at it like, okay, here's how I'm in, in this moment, but how can I kind of put where I'm at, at the, you know, leave it at the door and be fully present, aware, and just be able to love on people. Because um, take social media, for example, it was quite literally created to connect people around the world. Now, depending on how you use it, it could be a blessing or maybe not so much. But I use it as how can I connect and really be able to show more love, more empathy, more, hey, I see you and I want to support you. What does that look like? in their mission, their drive, and what, what means something to them. Because everybody wants these three things. And they cost absolutely nothing but mean everything. Everybody wants to be seen, heard, and appreciated. Point blank, period. They want real connections, genuine people, and just to be able to just be like, hey, I, I see you. I understand where you're at. How can I serve and help? And that's why I love this room because I've been a listener for a long time inside of Breakfast with Champions and just love the value that's given. So it's such an honor to be up here with people like you, Tim and Oz and, you know, oh gosh, Kristen, we've been talking on the back channel, Glenn, all the above, but just so grateful to be able to give because all this wisdom is not going on deaf ears. There's intentional people in this room and I just absolutely love that. Okay. As you know, that's Molly Trotter. And so make sure and follow her. And so also follow Nas Baruti. Nas is not on here very often, so follow her. Try to get her on here more. She is an entrepreneur, lawyer, radio host, public speaker, author of a book called Love, Death, and Money. So we started off with this scripture, he who works his land shall have an abundance, which is like overflowing. Whoever chases fantasies lacks wisdom. A fantasy is just something that's unreal has no solid foundation. David Spisek, are you around this morning? David, are you around? If David's around, jump on. But Nas, tell me about the importance about not chasing, but cooperating with the right plan. Oh, this is a good one. And, um, <laughs> you know, you and I, I, you do coaching with me. And so, you've kind of seen um, my journey from the beginning of the pandemic to right now. And I, um, I did a lot of reading of James Baldwin's writings. And um, one of the, the lines in his open letter to his nephew, he says, the very time I thought I was lost, my dungeon shook and my chains fell off. And that line to me, um, means a lot because we create a lot of barriers for ourselves and we think that we are lost in the midst of the chaos. And um, I, I've been able to go through this pandemic and transition into an amazing place in my life, but it took a lot of tears and heartache and figuring out life. And I like to live every year of my life in themes and I think before this past birthday, my theme was boundaries. And now my theme in life is feeling safe. And like I said at the beginning of um, when you introduced us is it's not only feeling safe financially and legally for me, but it's also feeling safe mentally and taking an inventory of the people that are around us and who is going to 
uplift us and and take us to the next level and and who really cares about us and one thing I just wanted to say about Molly and and the way she's speaking um, because I've been around enough people now to see um, authenticity and and pure happiness she's just such a happy person and you don't get that a lot but I I can hear it in in the tone of her voice so it's so important to surround yourself with people that have been where you've been but are at places that you strive to be at and I had to learn this the hard way and and kind of uh, taking a lot of people out of my green room like you say Tim um, because I realized that I I always used to think this this goal that I had in life or what I wanted to create I could do it on my own and with age comes wisdom and I realized I couldn't and so I had to eliminate a lot of people. And now, you know, my circle is very small. I think I have like five people that I talk to on a weekly basis. And um, it, it's just putting away all the distractions in life and, and really refocusing on what do you want to create and what do you want to leave as your legacy? And I don't mean financially, just how do you want people to remember you? And I've, and I've experienced so much loss in the last three weeks. I think we've had eight family members pass in the last three weeks. So it's been a very overwhelming time. But if I didn't have the right group of friends, I, I think I would be completely lost. I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I think that I would go into this, my dungeon again and put back on the chains. Um, but I've been so strong mentally and I feel so safe mentally that I'm okay in leaning into this discomfort. This, this time in my life where I just don't feel, everything doesn't feel right, but there is a faith behind everything that I'm experiencing and everything is unraveling the way it needs to unravel. So I know a lot of people in this room, they feel like what's happening? I feel like I'm lost, what's going on? What's going on in the world? How am I gonna overcome everything that I'm feeling? But having these platforms and having people like Tim's story, um, it, it's, it's a life changer. <laughs> So, you know, Nas, from the outside, you look at your life, uh, the area you live, how you dress, who you know, um, you know, everybody just sees that, right? But because mm-hmm. we really, really know each other, it's it's amazing how much heartache and pain comes to all of us. And I, I've said this for years, we're all going through recovery and discovery at the same time. And so that's why you got to be very careful on how you approach somebody. So when Nas came on and I introduced her as all these things that she that, that she is, entrepreneur, lawyer, radio host, public speaker, uh, author of a book, Love, Death, and Money, it's easy just to see that and not hear what she just said, that she's had all these family members die, not just get sick, but they died. And so don't forget, we're all going through recovery and discovery at the same time. Zane, are you there? Yeah, I am. Uh, Tim. You know, let me, let, let's go somewhere for a minute with this, Zane, because um, both Molly and Nas are, are, are people of faith and people who believe and people that, that see big things. But they're also um, people that are using wisdom in their life. And you see what Nas said about not just being out there for everybody. And Zane, it's something that I talk about that we've talked about before that there's like three levels of people you should have in your life. And that is the casual acquaintance, 
Hi, how are you doing? I'm from Alabama. You're from Alabama. The second is the intimate. And that is where we know each other pretty well. But the third is what I call the green room. And I think that very few people should be in your green room. They got to be people that have a similar mindset, similar motives. And tell us a little bit about why it's important to really guard who's in your green room. Uh, uh, you know, Tim, uh, Nas brought it out way well, and Molly touched on it too. So the, the green room is actually, and you know, you and I have actually spoken on this uh, together on this topic. The, a man is known by the company he keeps. Well, that, that's an old saying that a lot of people follow, is your circle of friends become your, yourself. What happens if, if Molly, let's say, is a heavy party drinker, she drinks and parties every time and enjoys that life, and I, as I don't take any alcohol at all, I and she, Molly, will not get along for a long time. But if we continue, if I continue to keep her in my green circle, either I'll become a party addict drinker or Molly will become a non-alcoholic. So that is why you want to let the people in your green room are people who think like you, who behave like you, who act like you, who have a circle of friends like you, who are like you. And that is so important that you have a few people in that. Um, Nas touched on something else about generational, next generation. So Nas, today, at this very moment, I am rebuilding a park in Kenya, Africa, that was built 120 years ago by my grandfather, who probably if there was a clubhouse would have said the same thing you said. I'm doing this for Zane, my grandson. I'm building a park for all humans, all Kenyans was the name of the park. It's called Jiwanji Gardens for all Kenyans because the whites had parks and the Africans and Asians and South Asians were not allowed there. He was thinking 125 years ahead that Zane will someday rebuild this park. And now that's incredible that you're thinking at such a young age. I'm an old fart of 66 years old. I now think like that. You're thinking at a young age, and that's brilliant. Tim, the, the green circle must always remain very much people that are close to you, that are like you, or are trainable and changeable to become like you. And that's how good spreads. I love that. So, Zane, can I tell you something? There's two friends of mine that are the same age. You're both super good looking. You want to know who the other friend is of mine that's 66? Denzel Washington. So Denzel Washington is my friend of probably 30 years. He is 66. So if Denzel looks that good, Zane, thank goodness you look as good as you do at 66. 66 is young. It is, it is. And I just became a fashion model last week. Thanks yeah, to I saw you modeling, which was really mind-boggling. So, Zane, my mother is about to be 91. You're young. You're 66. Molly, what do you think about this conversation? I love it. Zane, um, yeah, 66. Age is obviously nothing but a number, and I love it. I actually prefer to be around, like, 
people that are much older than me because of, I just love the wisdom where, I mean, the topic of wisdom that we're on right now, I think it's so, it's, it's just so incredibly important. And at a young age, I just didn't ever really connect with kind of like the example you just gave Zane of, you know, if I was a, if I was a drinker and you weren't, you know, we hang around each other, somebody's going to be the dominant personality or have more influence over the other person. And you're eventually going to shift. I was always like, I don't really care to go out and party and do this and that. And even at my age, you know, in my thirties, like people still want to do that. And I said, I'm in such a different mentality because that, you know, going out and partying, that's just not something that's ever really interests me. But when it comes to wisdom, something that I wanted to add, because I just love the thread of this conversation is wisdom's not primarily just knowing the truth, although it certainly includes it. It's a skill in living. So it's like, you got to ask yourself, what good is a truth if we don't know how to live it? And what's what good is in an intention if we don't know how to sustain it? So wisdom is great if you start putting it into action, you really know how to live it and sit down and be like, how can I implement this in my life? And that's why I love joining rooms like this, because I'm sitting down, taking notes, getting so many different revelations, and then I'll sit with those notes later and be like, how can I start to implement this to not just have the the knowledge flow through me, but to really sit, create a habit and have it be sustainable and obviously I encourage that for anybody that's in this room because there's so much knowledge out there, so much wisdom that is being shared constantly, but there's very few action takers on how can I implement this and the whole phrase you gotta speed or slow down to speed up. I really have like taken that to heart over the last year for sure of like, cause the pandemic really kind of forced us to slow down. Things are shut off. You can't go to the same places you once were able to as freely at least. So really being able to sit down and be like, okay, I want to attract more wisdom, more abundance, more, you know, high level thinkers like people in this room, Zane, Tim, Nas, and so many others. But I want to be able to sit down and have this be sustainable. So that's something that I really have been capturing inside of this conversation and something that I wanted to add because there's so many bombs, so many wisdom nuggets that are being dropped right now. And I'm just super grateful. And I'm really honored, honestly, to be here and to listen to all of you. I love it. Molly, good, good stuff. So Ecclesiastes 9.10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Um, Nas, what does that mean to you? Oh, go ahead, Zane. Were you going to say something? Uh, yeah, I just want to add a line that what Molly said um, to that. I just want to add this line. Um, and my six-year-old, by the way, Tim, will repeat this when I start this line. Yes. Once a job, once a job begun, leave it not till it's done. No matter how big or small, you do it well, but don't do it at all. Ooh. Once again, once a job begun, leave it not till it's done. No matter how big or small, you do it well or not at all. And I will just post a picture of my six-year-old when he was a year ago built the excavator Lego model which is 4,200 pieces meant for age 18 plus. And every time he would drop out, I would make him repeat. I said, once the job begun, leave it not till it's done. Molly, incredible. That's so incredible. And wisdom has no price. My dad used to say, I know better. And I used to think, I just finished Cambridge University master's degree. I'm 17 years old. Dad, you know nothing. Today I realize Today, I realized that everything that he knew, I had no idea at all. Thank you, Molly, for sharing that. Sorry, Tim Demogen. No, I love it. And Zane, I love how you're training a six-year-old to repeat that 
and get it in his mind and his spirit. The miracle mentality can start early. So I, I quoted the scripture that says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Um, so Nas, what does it mean to to do things with all your might or to to work hard? Talk to us about that for a minute. I think I'm I, I think I'm understanding that right now during the pandemic, you know, the area. Of and just so you guys is... know, we have 11 minutes left and I always end on time. Okay. Go ahead, Nas. Um, so, you know, the area of the law that I'm in, it, it's about dealing with people's finances, making sure it transfers properly, making sure they're not paying a whole bunch of money in taxes. And so um, it, it's, it's, it's hard for me to sit across someone and talk about all of the, finan uh, the financial issues, the family issues, but also knowing that I'm essentially planning for their passing. Um, it's, it's a very bittersweet moment and I, I, I put a lot of energy into it. And so there are days where I don't feel like showing up, but I know that there is a lot of good advice out there, but it's not godly advice. And I know there are a lot of professionals that can trap these clients if I don't show up into getting into bigger messes. And so that might is about showing up every day. It's not necessarily about um, being the best in your field. It's about showing up and having the intention of helping someone and doing the right thing. No, but I love and that I right think, there. If we could just, yeah. for a second, let's go there for just a second, about showing up. And you know what, guys, whether it's, it's, it's Molly, whether it's Zane, Nas, myself, how many times do we show up hurting? We're all going through something, but Nas, keep going on to just show up. Yeah, I mean, there are there were moments this week where I wanted to text you, Tim. I'm going to have an honest conversation with you and just say, I, I don't think that I can show up for this clubhouse because of everything that's going on in my life. But you're only as good as your word. And so when I make a promise to you because you've always shown up in my life and you've been an example, that trickles down to everything that I do as well. And I, I have to show up for the people that need help the most. And I don't feel like it some days, but I know so many mornings that you're waking up at three, four, five a.m. to talk to people, to help them. And I'm like, I, I owe it to Tim. I, I, I owe it to the people that care about me because um, I don't want to sit in mediocreness. I think about everything that my family has sacrificed to even get me to the point where people are constantly calling me for help. So I have to show up because of everybody in my life that has shown up for me. It, it's my duty. I, I I love that. Molly, you seem like you have a sports background, do you? I sure do. Yeah, I played volleyball through college. Okay. So tell me about playing hurt and showing up in sports and in life. And just know, take about three, four minutes because we have like nine minutes left. Yeah, you got it. So... Oh my gosh, rolled ankles, dislocated shoulder, um, knee problems. I mean, all the things. I remember uh, there was a story specifically where I was playing powder puff football. My mom's like, don't do it. You get hurt. You can't go to your volleyball tournament. I got hit in the game where this girl that was like 200 pounds hit me from the side, um, damaged my knee, didn't know how bad, but I tried to play it off and go to this tournament. And I'm still trying to jump and warm up and play on this knee. Come to find out, I come down on it, I tear everything. Meniscus, MCL, LCL, all the things. 
And I was told by my doctor, I would never play again, my surgeon, I should say. And I said, Hey, let me prove you wrong. Got back out in the court six months later. And then a couple of years after that, I had to have shoulder surgery. Same doctor said, Hey, you'll never play again because you've dislocated your shoulder too many times. And I said, Hey, watch me. And so I always, I had plenty of injuries because, you know, in sports, you just never know what's going to come at you with volleyball. You got these short little twitch movements to just obviously get the ball and have it not touch the ground. And it's just quick play. But every time I was hurt, the biggest lesson that I got from sports was obviously the mentality you got to push through. And when somebody told you, hey, you're not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z, I looked at that as a challenge. Um, and growing up between two brothers, I was always challenged <laughs> being the only girl. So when somebody said, hey, you're not able to do X, Y, and Z, that is definitely carried into my life now because I look at that being like, you don't know you don't know what's inside of me. You don't know who I belong to, where my identity lies, which is in Christ. And that gives me the power to do absolutely everything. So in sports, it definitely, and I've had posts about this too, where being a former athlete going into what I do now in entrepreneurship, there's so many just uh, parallels inside of that, especially when you get hurt and coming from a reconstructive knee surgery and shoulder surgery, two major surgeries. I was like, you know what? I could sit here and be like, woe is me. My body hurts. Ow. And then I would probably embody that and be, you know, kind of confined to a chair and not really be able to do things. But now, you know, I can still play volleyball. I get in the gym every day at 5 a.m. I'm constantly moving my body because at one point somebody said, you won't be able to do this anymore. And I said, no, 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 no. Don't put me in that box. I'm going to do what I feel like I can do. And having that belief in myself, pushing through the pain, um, definitely from a young age to, you know, my teens in high school all the way to now in my 30s is so crucial. Molly Trotter. Okay, make sure to follow Molly. And all you have to do is touch her amazing picture there. And then follow Nas. And every single person should follow both of them. Um, let me let me just say one more scripture that I love that is so awesome. So I do this thing Thursday mornings, 6 a.m. Pacific time. And Glenn Lundy, thank you for allowing me to be on your space and platform. What a privilege just to serve. I wrote a book recently called The Miracle Mentality. So this is like just an hour where I talk about miracles and interview people, have amazing discussions, and all of you guys show up. And so I like to dialogue with people, as you guys see. So there's, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, do you see a man skilled at his work? He will serve before kings and will not be obscure. The word obscure means he will not live in the dark and he will not be in the shadows. Zane, I see that in your life. Skilled and you have been taken into the presence of kings and you're not obscure. So we just have a few minutes. What is the importance of being skilled you don't have to be great at everything, but be really great at something. Jack of all, king of none, right? Um, uh, yes. Look, I, I was in a room uh, a couple of days ago. I think Grant was in there, the whole bunch of people, and they were talking about education, education versus how to make money. So we they give examples of Bill Gates and 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 um, you know other greatness of Steve Jobs that really weren't educated but made billions. And I say that if you're not educated, you will not be able to represent yourself when you come in that circle or in that green circle, as you spoke. So education is very important. But what you're talking about, the skill set to be set up, and we've got very few minutes left, so I'll tell you. Yeah, the skill set. Very important. You must be focused 
and direct it towards whatever you do. I own 12 companies altogether. Everyone has an insurance touch, whether it be technology, uh, IT company, it's insurance because I'm skilled at that level, in that direction. You must be skilled and you must become the best in the world on that at whatever level you are. And remember, when I was one year old, I didn't know how to walk. I had to learn. So you have to learn everything. So study, educate yourself, and keep reading all the time. My gosh, Zane, you're good. You're so good, and it's only 6.57 in the morning where we live. We're on the West Coast. Zane, you're the same age as Denzel Washington. You good-looking man, you. Love it. Nas, take me out. I got two minutes left. I always Ooh. end on time. You got to be on time. I always I know, end on I time. <laughs> uh, I love what Zane said, and, and I agree with him. But I also, um, as, as much as education is important, I, I've been around some of the, the best lawyers that have gone to the top law schools and top schools. But one thing they lose to, they, they fail to understand is being good at talking to people and understanding people and being empathetic. And I think we, many of us have lost that, that empathy and empathy is so important in anything that you do in any business transaction. And I know that many people see that as a sign of weakness, but I actually see that as a sign of strength to be able to step into somebody else's shoes and understand what they are going through when you are trying to help them. So um, as much as education is important, it's also very important to be educated in how people work and how the mind works and why people behave the way they do. And I think, Tim, you're very good at that. And you have a lot of patience for that, especially dealing with someone like me. You know, I'm always up and down on our calls, but you know how to bring me in and to help me focus on what really is important. So I'm so grateful for you. I'm so um, honored that you asked me to be in this, this room this morning. And it was a privilege to be speaking alongside Molly and Zane. And um, I'll let you take it out. What yes, a thank you so Al much. Um, Alpha, can you come on? Yes, sir. Now, now Tim, you know we can't end without some little Michael Jackson on here. Now, yeah, come but, on but, now. But 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 go ahead and play that song. Go ahead, Alpha. Here we go. Here we go. Yes. Hey, Terry, you got to be already ready already, right? Now, listen, if you guys like this hour, go ahead and flash your mics. Come on, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. I'm on wisdom. What an hour. Molly and Nas and Zane. So follow Nas, follow Molly. Molly also does coaching. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.